Welcome to the Inside Scoop Live podcast, where indie authors get personal about their books, their writing, and their passions. I'm your host, Sherry Hoyt. Join me for some lively conversations with debut indie authors and seasoned veterans alike. It's a great place to find your next amazing read or even get inspired. So sit back and enjoy the show and let me know what you think. Hi, everyone. Joining me today is Marissa Billions, debut author of This Too Shall Pass. Before we get started, here is the inside scoop on Marissa. Marissa Billions is a high school English teacher and holds a bachelor's and master's degree in criminology. She is the author of fiction novel This Too Shall Pass and is currently working on her second novel. Marissa lives in Southern California with her wife, Stephanie, and son, Alexander, and two boxer dogs, Max and Ruby. To learn more about Marissa Billions and her work, visit her website at marissabillions.wordpress.com. Well, hi, Marissa. Welcome to Inside Scoop Live. Well, thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Yeah, me too. Me too. So tell us a little bit about your book, This Too Shall Pass. The best way to describe it is it's one part coming of age, one part coming out of the closet, two parts family drama, and one part ghost story. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Now, this is your debut novel. So what actually motivated you to sit down and write a book? To be honest, I actually started this as kind of a therapy assignment where I was kind of, you know, writing about my own journey. And then I was like, this is too close to home to write about myself. So I fictionalized it. And then once I started fictionalizing it, it just kind of took on a life of its own. And I just went from there. Yeah, I was wondering if Eva was a bit autobiographical in nature. Can you tell us a little bit about her? What what motivates her? Yes, Eva is as close to writing about myself as I'll ever get. And again, she is fictionalized. I did take a lot from myself and put into her, but she's not 100% me, but she's as close to me as I will ever write about. Yeah, yeah. And then it sounds like the story kind of grew from that original intention of writing for therapy. Yes, it just kind of evolved and the characters started kind of taking on a a life of their own and (laughs) this whole little story just kind of grew out of it. And, you know, and I had kind of thought about it being kind of an interesting story, like especially when the um, deuce ex machina part of it comes in. I kind of joked about it with my wife a few times. I was like, that makes such a great story. And (laughs) she's like, I don't know. That that just sounds a little odd. And I was like, no, but it does. I was like, I should write it. And she's like, yeah, you do that. And then I, <laughs> I did. <laughs> so. Well, good for you. <laughs> so how did you how did you develop your other characters? Did you take them from people you knew? Or how did you go about everybody? Them? Everybody's loosely based on somebody I that has been in my life. Riley is based on my actual wife. She's the best part of my wife um, put on the page. And then Drew and Britt are based off of my two best friends. So yeah, they just kind of came out of people I know. And then Justin is actually loosely based on my own son. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Now, so that kind of plays into the, the subtitle, A Mother Will Do Anything to Save Her Son. How does that play into the story or or can you not give that away I can't truly give that away Um, (laughs) that has a lot to do with the plot twist yeah 
that was the hardest part for me in writing the blurb and in like trying to pitch this to people are like, you know, they say, you know, do the, do get an elevator pitch. And I'm like, how, how, how do I do this when there's a, a plot twist that changes the whole book? Like, wow. how do I do this? So I still struggle with that too. And people are like, tell me about it. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'd love to I can tell you up to a certain point. <laughs> yeah. Right. Buy the book. That's the message. Yeah. Buy the that. book. Buy the book. Yeah. yeah. Read the book. <laughs> So now, how did you, you talked about all the moving parts earlier, uh, coming out of the closet, coming of age, love story, family drama, and throw in a ghost story. How did you blend all those moving parts into a cohesive story? I think that just comes from just taking bits and pieces from authors that I read a lot of and admire and just like kind of making my own little chalk pastel and blending it. Like I said, this story wrote itself. I, mm. I really wish I had like a solid answer for it. Like I, once it started going, it just did it. And I don't have a clear answer on how I blended all these things. It, it just was able to come together in a, a very organic way. And I was a little surprised by it myself, to be yeah. honest. So, Well, I love that. I've heard of, you know, are you a plotter or a pantster? It sounds like you are a pantster, just wrote by the seat of your pants, yes. basically. <laughs> I had like I had a general idea of what I wanted, and then I just like and I kind of like threw down like a very loose outline. Mm-hmm. But once I started writing, I I hardly went back to it. Like I went back to make sure I was including things, but I wasn't really following it as strict as like some of the writers I know and have talked to were like, oh, I I plot it all out. I have you know cards and I put them up all over and I move them and I take them down and I'm like, no, I don't do that. Yeah. Um, that sounds like a lot of work. (laughs) Exactly. So, and it's been the same way with the second one that I'm working on now. It just kind of took shape and evolved on its own too. So I'm kind of like, okay, I'm definitely a panster. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I feel like I would have to be a plotter knowing my personality. (laughs) I feel like I would be a plotter, but I, I love, people that can just sit down and the story comes to them and writes. I just, I really admire that. Especially I'm, I'm so impressed for your debut novel too. So kudos. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Are there certain parts of the story where you took more creative liberties than others? I think so. Yeah. I think at the plot twist part, um, that was a lot of creative liberty in really straying away from my comfort zone and, mm-hmm. you know, pushing myself, beyond what I thought I was capable of. And that ended up being my favorite part of the book. Oh, wow. So, I mean, it sounds like you kind of learned a thing or two about what you're capable of. Yeah, it really did kind of give me a boost of confidence and a sense of I can do these things. I can do hard things and I can complete them and I can put them out there and people are going to actually enjoy it. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the kind of feedback you've received so far on your novel. A lot of people comment on uh, the emotional aspect of it. I just had a classmate from high school reach out to me on social media, and she messaged me, and she said, I'm reading your book right now. It's got me feeling all the feels, and that kind of is the trend I'm getting from it. One of my coworkers you know, came and found me at lunch the other day, and she's like, I just read your book, and I was laughing and crying all night. And I, I would laugh, and then the next thing, you know, I'm crying, and you just, you've got me feeling everything. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> awesome. I like that. Uh, yeah. Wow. So you've got coworkers and old friends looking you up and reading your book. And did anyone know you were writing the book when you sat down to write it or, or was it kind of a surprise? 
I did this in silence. I didn't really want to tell people because I was afraid if I, you know, if I finished it and it wasn't good, you know, and I wasn't going to go forward with publishing it, I didn't want people to be like asking me about it. You know, I wanted to know that this was something that I was comfortable putting out that I felt was good that, you know, once I finished it and I had beta readers read it, that they said it was good. You know, I wanted to know that this had substance before I put it out there to everybody else. So a lot of people didn't find out until the pre-orders were open on Amazon and I posted it and everybody was like, you did what? (laughs) So like the people who knew were like my wife knew and my father knew I was sending him like excerpts along the way. And he was like, you know, wow, this is actually good. And I'm like, (laughs) 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 right. So the people who were closest to me knew, and then everybody else just kind of found out when it was put out there. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, yeah, it's scary and exciting all at once, sounds like. (laughs) It was. And then when people started buying it, that was even more scary because I was like, oh, (laughs) oh, please tell me you like it. Yeah, yeah. So. So what was one of the most surprising things you learned in creating your book? The most surprising thing is that I still to this day don't feel it's done. Like when I open up drafts of it, I go in and I want to change things and fix things still. Like I had to create a cutoff point where I was like, okay, I just need to send this off and see what happens. And so the fact that it it still looms like, oh, I want to change that. I want to go back. Like I'll, I'll be driving and a song will come on and I'm like, I should totally add. Oh, too late. It's out there. (laughs) Yeah. At some point, you just got to put the keyboard away. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah, that would be hard, I guess. I mean, I guess down the road, you could always relaunch it. But, you know, for now. Do an anniversary edition. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But but for now, you're done. (laughs) Yes. For now, it's done. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this being your debut journey, as you may be discovering, uh, being an author is a full-time job. Uh, so how do you manage mm-hmm. to balance writing and marketing and then your career outside of writing and then your home life? How are you doing with all that? I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I struggle. The marketing is just, I'm not like, I throw out the occasional Facebook ad and that's been the extent of my marketing, to be honest. And I've just recently started reaching out to bookstores outside of Amazon. And, um, you know, I try to do like a little bit here and there, but I thought, you know, everybody said to do a blog. I tried that for about a month and that failed mm-hmm. because I, you're supposed to be consistent and I'm not. Um, yeah. And I'm like, the time I'm writing this blog, I could be working on my next novel and I'd rather write my characters. My characters are, you know, they need me. Yeah. <laughs> the blog doesn't need me. And then, you know, I'm a teacher. So during the day I'm busy, you know, so it, it's hard when I'm writing. It's, you know, usually after work for an hour or two or, on my lunch break or in between classes, I might, you know, get an idea and like take that five minutes between classes to like put it down on paper, you know, so it's not as consistent as I would like it to be with managing life and whatnot, because, you know, you have family obligations, you have work obligations. So it's definitely a struggle and it's a hard one. Yeah. My son was a high school English teacher, so I know how hard teaching is, especially the last few years. I feel for you. (laughs) So putting a book out during all that is a major accomplishment. Talk about how you felt when you first held the copy of your novel in your hands. That was surreal. My publisher is out of the UK, even though I'm here on the West Coast. Mm. So when the book went live uh, and they were sending me my author copies, she was like, it'll be a couple of weeks. 
And for some reason on Amazon, even though people were pre-ordering it, they were actually getting their hard copy within 24 hours. Oh, wow. On Prime. So I'm getting pictures of my friends holding my book and I haven't held it yet. I'm like, oh. wait a minute. <laughs> like, how, how do you have a copy? Like, I, you know, and then, so when I finally got that box two weeks later with my author copies in it, I was beyond excited. And it's, it was really cute. My son is, he's like obsessed with it. Like, it's, you know, if he sees a copy laying around, he like just picks it up and starts like reading it. And he's just like, this is the coolest thing ever. And so it's to see him being as excited about it as I am, I think is what's really touched me is that, you know, that was the first time, you know, he's 12, he'll be 13 next month. And he turned and he looked at me and he's like, mom, I'm really proud of you. And I think, I think that for me was more powerful than anything else was for him to hold it and look at me and tell me, I'm really proud of you. And this means if you can do it, I can do it. And now he's writing his own first draft of a novel. Oh, I love that. Oh, I love that. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, he's definitely a mama's boy. And that was just more powerful than anything that came out of this. And having that copy in my hands and him holding that copy. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's exciting. Oh, 12 years old and writing his first novel. He's going to be big someday. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's amazing. Nice. So what do you like to do when you're not writing in your spare time? Do you have any spare time? Lately, it doesn't feel that way. But actually, my wife and I love to travel. Um, So planning vacations is huge and then actually going on them. So traveling is a huge thing. I, you know, with being a teacher, that's one bonus is that we do have a lot of vacations throughout the year. And, mm-hmm. you know, we take advantage of every time that I'm off, we tend to have something planned and we tend to go somewhere. So that's a big thing. And then um, I, I love to read. Like I love books. So uh, which is why I'm an English teacher. Uh, <laughs> so reading is a huge thing for me. Um, so if I can get a few minutes to just kind of read, I crochet, you know, I'm kind of like a little old lady sometimes. <laughs> so I books <laughs> in my crochet. Sounds good to me. <laughs> you know, sitting next to me on the plane is always fun because <laughs> I'm always pulling out my books, my yarn, and everybody's like, oh God. <laughs> so, and you know, we like our Netflix binges and, you know, we've just finished Midnight Mass on Netflix in like three days time, which was awesome and really oh. good. And I highly recommend. I just started it. Uh, so good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's kind of our uh, bag is what we do, you know, travel and read and crochet. <laughs> yeah, nice, nice. So I have to ask, you mentioned uh, you're working on your second novel. So there are mm-hmm. more novels in your future. Can you tell us a little bit about your upcoming book? It's called um, Like Sapphire Blue. And it's another one that's blending genres. It's a little bit of you know, family and family history and romance. And uh, this one's a lot sexier than the first one. So a lot more adult. Um, there'll probably have to be trigger warnings on this one. Mm. Yeah, I, it's dark. It, it started as a short story that I was going to do. I was going to do a compilation book of short stories mm-hmm. based off of a camping trip my wife and I took where I just sat there one day and made up stories about every other camper in our campsite. Um, but this one just as I was writing it it just it kind of took hold and I was like I just need this one needs to be a whole book on its own and so I scrapped the compilation and started focusing on this one and um, I'm still kind of working on the elevator pitch for this so I have no way of describing this other than Mm -hmm. it's dark it's got a little bit of everything in it just like um, this too shall pass 
And I'm really, really enjoying it. I'm actually enjoying writing this one more than I enjoyed This Too Shall Pass, which I enjoyed that one a lot, too. But this one's just really got me. So So is it, are they the same characters? Do you have a whole new cast of characters? It's a whole new cast of characters. We've got the main, um, Emma. She's being brought up by a single father. She doesn't know where her mom is. She's never met her mom. She's super poor in a very wealthy neighborhood and she gets Mm. picked on ruthlessly by this boy and she ends up ultimately um, stealing the boy's girlfriend and it kind of goes from there. Uh, Nice. (laughs) Okay. Now, when do Uh, you anticipate that one being finished? I'm rounding out the first draft right now and it'll probably go through another couple drafts with me and I'm hoping to kick it out to my betas um, around January, February. Mm. And then once I get their feedback back um, and make some, fi- you know, some finishing touches and stuff, I should hope to have it the publisher around June, which is when I had this two shall pass there. So hoping for, you know, one year, one year from this two shall pass, then, you know, like Sapphire Blue should come out. Okay. And are you working with the same publisher? I am. I really enjoyed working with Mirador. They have been a phenomenal experience and their staff is just amazing. And my contact over there is amazing. I just, I really like working with them. That's wonderful. Yeah. That's, that's half the battle I feel like right there. So nice. So yeah, a lot of people, yeah, like they tried to warn me against, you know, going with a um, partnership deal like that, but I haven't found it to be a bad experience. So I think, you know, some people may have been burned by other companies, but Miradora has been totally on the up and up and they've been phenomenal. So it's kind of like a hybrid model. Yeah. 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 And you know, it's whatever works for you. Cause some people like you don't have time to do all of the stuff you need to do to do it completely on your own. You need a publisher like that, that'll, you know, take the reins of part of the things that need to be done. So, I mean, it just, it's just whatever works for every individual author, I think. Absolutely. And, you know, like, I was like, oh, my God, like, I don't have time to design a cover. Especially right. When that looks good. Right, right. And it was awesome. You know, they read through the book. They actually knew the book. They knew the story. They incorporated elements of the story in creating the cover. Whereas if I just hired somebody on Fiverr or something, that person's not reading my book. They don't know. Right. You know, so it became very personal for them as well. And if I didn't like something, they didn't take it personally. They were like, okay, so you want me to change this? Okay, we'll change that. Okay, let's change, you know, and I was like, okay, change this, change this. And, you know, when the final one was done, it was better than I had anticipated. And it was better than I had expected it would be, you know. Mm. Wow, nice. And the editor was phenomenal as well. So having those things available to me and somebody there to ask questions, and they were able to walk me through, especially on a first time deal, I didn't feel like I was lost or clueless. And, you know, they've just been totally amazing. So yeah, I will definitely, definitely go with them again. That's wonderful. So based on your debut journey, what advice do you feel like you could give to aspiring authors? If you have a story to tell, tell it, you know, put it down on paper, and just keep going back to it, you know, and while you're writing it, read from the genre you're writing and read authors that, you know, are well acclaimed in that genre and read authors that you enjoy and look at it in a way of when you're reading those books, what do you enjoy about those stories? Now, how do you incorporate that in your own story? Do you like the long poetic details? You know, okay, so go back and how can you make this detail more poetic? How can you make it more in depth? How can you add details? Where can you add details? If you don't like a lot of details, maybe you need to cut some stuff out, you know, Mm. 
you got to go with what you like and what you enjoy. If you don't enjoy the genre, if you aren't familiar with the genre, if you just want to write something to write it, you know, I don't recommend that if you don't read. Right. You know, it, to be a good writer, you have to read and read a lot. You have to know how to tell a story. If you can't just watch movies and go write a book. Right. <laughs> because right. you're going to miss half of what makes a book interesting, what makes half of a book good. You know, um, if you don't read and understand what makes a good story, you know, and not everybody thinks the same stories are good. So you have to go with what you enjoy or else it's not going to make sense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you don't enjoy your book, it's going to be kind of hard to convince readers to pick it up and, and give it a look. Right. Well, Marissa, is there anything else you wanted to add today? Just, uh, you know, if you're interested in the book, if you're interested in the story that I have to tell, definitely pick up a copy because, you know, I'd love to get it in more people's hands. I'd love to hear people's thoughts on it. So I have an open door. I enjoy all reviews. So even if you didn't enjoy it, I want to hear from you. I'm anxious to see what people think. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Marissa, it's really been a pleasure talking with you today. Thank you so much for sharing a little bit about you and your work. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining me today for my interview with Marissa Billions, author of This Too Shall Pass. To learn more about Marissa and her work, visit her website at marissabillions.wordpress.com. And be sure to check out our other interviews at InsideScoopLive.com.